right, good morning. It's so good to be with you today. I know this is a holiday weekend. A lot of people are traveling, so we need to tell them that they, uh, they missed out this week, right, when we see them next week. Will you do that for me? So I can't believe it's September already. I mean, this year's just flying by, isn't it? Um, and, and this series has flown by. We've been in this summer series, and we've been tackling some challenging questions that you all had submitted to us. And so we called this series, You Asked For It, because you did. And so every sermon has actually been an answer to a question that one of you have asked. And I would encourage you that if you missed one of the sermons, you can go back to our website. You can go on our, online to our website, and you can search by series. You can just catch up on a question that you might have missed. There really were some great questions. There were some challenging questions submitted to us. And it really was a good time for us to kind of go through this with you. It was a good challenge. Today is the last message in this series. And all of the messages have been important. Today's message, today's question, is probably the most important. Today we're going to be answering what happens when you die. What happens when you die? Now, I know that death is it's a touchy subject. And I do, wish, I do wish to be sincere to those of you that are dealing with death right now. Or you've, you've dealt with death in the past. But honestly, honestly, it's a subject that we need to address because it is so important. Death will affect each and every one of us. So we have to talk about it. The truth is, none of us have a guarantee of living one more day. Death is an unavoidable reality. In the book of Hebrews, it says that it is appointed once for a man to die. In other words, death is appointed or destined to each one of us. Each one of us have a destiny with death. So, what I want to do today is I want to have a very serious conversation with you. I want to have a conversation with you about what happens when you die. And what I want to do and really what I think that we have to do is we have to look at this from two different perspectives. Either you're a believer in Christ or you're not a believer. When it, when it comes down to it, there really are only two groups of people. You have believers and unbelievers. And so we're going to look at it from those two perspectives this morning. So first, we're going to start with the believer. With the believer. What happens when a believer dies? You know, if you're a believer in Christ, if you've professed faith, you've uh, committed to following Jesus, you've made him Lord, that's what a believer is. I want to go through four things with you that happen when a believer dies. So first, the first thing 
The soul goes to be with the Lord. The first thing that happens when a believer dies is the soul goes to be with the Lord. Well, what do I mean by soul? Well, every person has what's called a soul. The Bible also refers to this as a person's spirit. Or it's, it's actually the very life of the person. In other words, a person just isn't made up of only physical properties, but a person is made up of spiritual properties also. And, and the soul is the living part of us that is both spiritual and eternal. That's what the soul is. So the first thing that happens when a believer dies is the soul goes to be with the Lord. The life, the spirit of the person, of the believer, goes to be with the Lord. We can see an example of this in Luke 23. This is explaining the crucifixion of Jesus. And in verse 42 it says, Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus was crucified in between two criminals, and one of them made a profession of faith while he was on the cross. And so Jesus promised the thief that today, not tomorrow, not next year, but today, that he would be with him in paradise. Now, what, what did he mean by that? I mean, after the, the thief died, they, they buried his body, right? I mean, we know for a fact that Romans disposed of bodies of criminals in a trash pile outside of the city. That's a fact. So, more than likely, this thief's body would have been taken down after his death and thrown into a trash pile. But Jesus promised today he would be with him in paradise. What does that mean? Well, it means that there has to be a separation of body and soul at the time of death. A separation of body and soul at the time of death. When a person dies... The body and soul are separated. Think about this. When Jesus was on the cross, when he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I give my spirit. Now, we all know where the body of Jesus went, right? Went into the grave. I mean, the Bible goes into great detail regarding the actual burial of Jesus. But some of Jesus' very last words before his death involved the transfer of his spirit to God the Father. So there's a separation of body and soul at the time of death. And the soul, the life of the believer, goes to be with the Lord. Paul also talked about this in Philippians chapter 1. Look with me starting at verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Boy, Paul had some perspective on life, didn't he? I mean, to die is gain. Because he knew what he had to look forward to. Um, verse 22, he says, If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. 
I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So Paul went back and forth on this whole issue of death. He knew that God had him alive for a very specific reason. So he had this desire to fulfill God's calling on his life. But he also knew that what awaited, what awaited him after death. And he knew that what, what awaited him after death was far better. So Paul is saying, man, it's good to work for the Lord. It's good to work for the Lord. But it's even better to be with the Lord. Because what happens after the death of the believer is that their soul, their spirit, their life goes to be with the Lord. And so for Paul, his very existence revolved around Christ. If, if he was to live, he would live for Christ. If he was to die, he would be with Christ. You see, I think Paul teaches us a lot here. And part of what he teaches is that there are just two options. For the believer, there's only two places that you can be. You're, you're either in the body or you're with the Lord. Only two places. There's no, there's no in between. Therefore, if your soul is absent from the body, then it has to be present with the Lord. So at death, there's a, there's a separation of body and soul. And the soul of the believer goes immediately to be with the Lord. Well, if that's the case, well, then what about the body? Well, the second thing that happens. So the first thing uh, that happens when the believer dies, the soul goes to be with the Lord. Second thing, the body goes into the earth. Body goes into the earth. Look with me at Ecclesiastes 12. This is advice that Solomon gives um, to establish faith in God while a person is young. So look with me at verse 6. Remember him, that is, remember God before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. In other words, remember God before you grow old and die. That's what Solomon's saying. Verse 7, And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. So the physical body goes to the ground. It goes to the earth. Now, most people, after they die, they are buried. Some are cremated. And some are at the bottom of the sea. You know, I think about the Titanic and things like that. But the whole idea is that the human body has a shelf life. The physical body will only last so long. In the Bible, the body is referred to as a garment, like something you wear. Now, some of you keep clothes for a very long time. Some of you need to be reminded that it's 2016, not 1985. 
you can only wear something so long, right? And then it wears out. Maybe it's a favorite t-shirt from college. Or maybe it's that perfect pair of jeans that you found 10 years ago and you just can't seem to find another pair, so you just hold on to it. You know, eventually those things wear out. And then what do you do? You put it to the side. You sell it at a yard sale or something like that, right? The physical body is like that. It's, it's like a garment. The Bible also compares the physical body to a tent. To a tent. Now, I like camping. I like sleeping in tents. I think it's fun. But after so long, I'm ready to go back in the house, aren't you? You know? So, in comparing the body to a tent, it's a temporary place for our souls to dwell. It's temporary. It's not meant to be long-term. Peter talks about this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus has made clear to me. So Paul talks about his body. He refers to his body as being a tent or a temporary dwelling. And he says that at death he just puts it to the side. Just puts it to the side. It's, it's no longer in use. It's no longer useful. Why? Because the soul, the life, is with the Lord. So the body of the believer, the garment, the, the shell, the tent, it, it goes into the earth. And the Bible also refers to this many times as sleep, as, as a state of rest. When Paul talked about believers who had died, he referred to them as sleeping. Why is that? Why did he refer to that as sleeping? Well, one thing I know about sleep is I don't get enough of it. You know, sleep is, is something that just doesn't happen a whole lot in our house with four kids. So the whole idea about sleep is it's temporary. It's temporary. You, you go to sleep, and then sometime later, you wake up, right? Whether it's by an alarm clock or a screaming child or a rooster, you, you wake up. The whole point is sleep is temporary. Sleep is temporary. So the physical bodies that we have are temporary bodies. And at death, they're put to the side. They go into the earth. And even though the physical body and the spiritual soul are separated at death, it doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be forever. Forever. At some point, whenever God decides to do so in his timing, those bodies that are sleeping will be pulled out from the earth and made into new bodies. And that brings us to the third thing that happens after a believer dies. So the first thing, soul goes to be with the Lord. Second thing, body goes into the earth. Third thing, the physical body will be resurrected and perfected. Some of you are look, looking forward to that day. I, <laughs> I know I am. I might have some hair. So the Bible teaches us that just like Christ was raised from the dead and his body was made into this glorious body, those who are in Christ will experience 
a similar resurrection. We just won't be in heaven for eternity floating around as souls without bodies. But our, our old bodies will be raised, they'll be reconstructed, and they'll be made perfect. Let's look together at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 41. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. In other words, each star is unique and completely magnificent. Each individual star. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown. In other words, when you sow something, think about planting seeds. You're putting the seed, you're sowing it into the ground. The body that is sown, the body that is put into the earth, into the ground, is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So this teaches us that one day after we die, the body of the believer will be resurrected. It'll be It'll be raised up out of the earth from whatever state that it's in. It'll be raised up and transformed into a new body. Well, what kind of body? What kind of body? Well, the scripture says imperishable. It says glorious, powerful, and spiritual. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but it sounds good. Our bodies, our bodies won't wear down. The organs that we have won't fail us. There won't be sickness or disease in these bodies. And imperishable means... The new bodies will never wear out like your favorite pair of jeans. Never wear out. They'll never die. They will be glorious bodies. And they will be that way forever. Man, listen, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? That's something to look forward to. So the bodies of the believers undergo a major, major transformation. Similar to to a butterfly, a butterfly starts out as a really small egg and then it grows into a caterpillar. And once the caterpillar reaches the maximum growth, as big as it can grow, it forms a cocoon or, or a pod around itself. And the first thing that it does is it dies. It dies. The whole thing. It dies completely. And over a period of a couple of weeks, there's a change taking place. A new body is being formed. This process is called metamorphosis. Every single part of the caterpillar is undergoing change. And after that change is complete, a beautiful, elegant butterfly emerges from what once was a caterpillar. The transformation is is remarkable. 
And just like the stars that we mentioned earlier, just like the stars, each butterfly is, is completely unique, splendid, magnificent. What a, what a huge difference between the old appearance and the new appearance. The bodily transformation of the believer will be just as amazing. And so it says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 49, Just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. One day, one day, our bodies will be like the body of Jesus Christ. Glorious, glorious bodies, perfect, perfect bodies, and eternal. That's what will happen to the body of the believer. But what about the soul, right? The soul that's already with the Lord. This is the body. What about the soul? Well, the fourth thing that takes place when a believer dies is the new body and soul will be joined and will forever be with the Lord. So again, at some point in time in the future, in God's timing, when, uh, whenever God chooses, the Lord Jesus will return. Jesus will come back. The Bible teaches us that Jesus came once, but he'll come a second time. He'll come again. The first time he came as a babe, the second time he comes, he'll, he'll come as a king. The first time he came, he came in humility to serve. The second time he comes, it'll be to rule and to conquer and to judge. And we read about a portion of the second coming in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, picking up in verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. In other words, those believers that have already died, the believers that have died in the past, they will be the first to rise. So apparently when Jesus comes for the second time, there will be believers still alive when that happens. But this is saying that those that have passed on, their bodies will be changed first. Verse 17, after that, after the dead bodies uh, are resurrected, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, Paul wrote this to believers in Thessalonica who were worried about their loved ones. They had loved ones that had died, and so they were concerned with what happened to them and what will happen. So Paul didn't, he didn't want them to be discouraged. He, he didn't want them to think that they would never see them again. He didn't want them to go through this grieving process without offering a little bit of hope. And what he does is he offers a whole lot of hope. He makes an effort to explain and to give some detail around what happens when the Lord comes. He tells them that the Lord will indeed come back and that the bodies of the, of the believers that have died, they'll be the first to be resurrected. 
they'll be the first to be resurrected. Then those believers who are still alive, they'll be reunited together with the ones who have died. There'll be a reunion. This will really be the ultimate family reunion. The soul and the bodies of the believers will be joined and the bodies of the believers that are alive at the time when Christ returns, those bodies will be changed. And the Lord will gather together all that belong to him. All will be gathered together. And the very best thing, friends, after this takes place, so we will be with the Lord forever. Amen? That's what the person who believes in Jesus Christ has to look forward to. One day, getting, getting this heavenly, glorious body, getting a body upgrade, and then getting to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is something. That's something to look forward to. And so what does Paul say at the very end? Encourage one another. Encourage one another. That's why we talk about these things when a believer dies. This is why we, we talk about having a future hope during times of despair. Because it brings comfort, right? It brings comfort. It's, it's comforting to know that when a believer dies, they go to be with the Lord, correct? It's, it's comforting to know that when a believer dies, their suffering is over, correct? And it's comforting to know that, that when a believer passed on, passes on, one day we'll be reunited with him, correct? That's comforting. And it's really comforting to know that one day we'll be in the presence of the Lord forever. Forever. Well, that's what happens, and that's what will happen after the death of a, of a believer. Now to the hard part, the tough part. What happens, what happens when an unbeliever dies? What happens when an unbeliever dies? The person that dies without faith in Jesus Christ, what happens? Well, just like the believer, there are four things that occur but they're not all exactly the same. So remember, when a believer dies, the soul goes to be with the Lord and the body goes into the earth. But for the lost person or the unbeliever, the soul does not go to be with the Lord, but the body still goes to the earth, you see. But the soul doesn't go to be with the Lord. Luke 16 tells us about a story of a a rich man and a poor man. Both men died. Uh, Both men died. The poor man was a believer. So his body went into the earth, but his his soul went to be with the Lord. Well, the rich man, he, he wasn't a believer. His body went into the earth too, but his soul didn't go to be with the Lord. The, the soul of the rich man went to a completely different place. 
In Jesus' story, this place was described as a place of agony, a place of suffering, a place of sadness and, and pain. This sounds a lot different than where the soul of the believer goes, doesn't it? Completely different. Luke 16 tells us that this place was so bad that the rich man was begging for one drop of water. And that he was pleading for someone to go and talk to his five brothers. He had five brothers that were still alive. He was pleading for someone to go and talk to them so that they could be warned about this place. So that they wouldn't come there. Think about that. That great reunion that we just talked about. That great celebration between believers when the Lord comes back. Here in this situation, it's different. The unbelieving rich man begs for his family not to come where he is. You see, for him, a family reunion isn't something to look forward to. It's something to dread. Think about that. It, it would have been devastating to know that it's not only you suffering, but the ones you love suffering too. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. What a terrible place. Terrible place. The only hope that you have is the hope that your family doesn't come. Now, we learn a great deal about life after death in Luke 16. A great deal. And the whole story that Jesus tells can be summarized like this. Believers go to be in a state of joy with the Lord, which we've already talked about. Unbelievers go to be in a state of torment away from the Lord. Believers go to be in a state of joy with the Lord. Unbelievers go to be in a state of torment away from the Lord. So the soul, go, soul goes away from the Lord to a place of torment. Well, what about the body? The body of the unbeliever. Next, the physical body will be resurrected during judgment. That's number three. Physical body will be resurrected during judgment. Number four, body and soul will be in hell forever. Body and soul will be in hell forever. Just like the body of a believer, the body of an unbeliever will be raised too. But the outcome is different. There won't be a joyous reunion. There won't be this big happy celebration. We read about this event in the very last book of the Bible. And as I read this, as we read this together... I just want you to let this sink in. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled away from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. 
and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. In other words, all the bodies of the dead unbelievers will be raised. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Man, that's terrifying, isn't it? That sounds crazy. I mean, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? That sounds like something out of a science fiction or or horror movie to me. You might be saying the same thing. You might say, well, this is just so far out there that I just don't believe this. I just don't believe this is going to happen. It's, it's too wild. It's too crazy. It's too far out there. Let me ask you this. What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? Does this sound like something that you want to take a chance on? Standing before the awesome presence of the Lord. So awesome that the the earth and the heavens just melt away in his presence. Standing before the Lord, knowing what's going to happen. You You get judged for all the works that you've done. Then you're pronounced guilty because you did not place your faith in Jesus Christ and your life was not written in the book of life. And then you're thrown. Thrown. Not gently escorted. Thrown like a bag of trash into a lake of fire. I try to picture that in my mind. And it's terrifying. It's awful. You really want to chance that? Do you really want to wait, wait and see if it's true? There's such a stark difference between the path or the destiny of the believer and the unbeliever, isn't there? It's night and day difference. One one path is amazing and joyful and hopeful. The other path is, is dreaded. Terrible. Hopeless. Death is difficult to us. It's This has been difficult for me. Death is difficult to talk about because it's mysterious to us. We were were never meant to experience death. 
But because of sin, death absolutely is certain for all of us. So what happens when you die? There are only two paths. Which path are you on? Jesus had a conversation with a woman who had just lost her brother. He had just died. And he said this to her in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, we've answered your questions throughout this series. And I've answered the question, what happens when you die, the best that I could today. Now it's time for you to answer a question. It's time for you to answer the question that Jesus asks. The one who believes in Jesus will live even though they die. Do you believe this? Your answer to that question will tell you what path you're on. What happens when you die is based upon how you answer that question. Joy forever with the Lord or torment forever away from the Lord? Remember, death is certain. You aren't guaranteed one more day. Saddened to hear about a young man in our community that lost his life just a few days ago. None of us are guaranteed one day or one hour. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Do you believe this? Let me ask you, what's your answer? What's your answer this morning? No, I'm finished. I'm going to pray in just just a few seconds. And I want to challenge you. If you're not on the path to be with the Lord forever, I'm not asking you, I'm challenging you before you leave here today, make a decision to come to Christ before you leave. You're not guaranteed another hour. You can leave here today knowing where you'll spend eternity You can leave here today knowing that you'll be forever with the Lord. And hey, we've got water, warm water in the baptism. You can get saved and baptized all in the same day. Just like they did in the Bible. What about that? Look, I know this this was tough to hear for you. It's tough for me to talk about. But thank God for giving us hope. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you today for giving us hope that's found in your word. For giving us an idea of what to expect in the future. For giving us details surrounding death 
Because we see death all around us. And you showed that you didn't want us to not know what happens after death. We thank, we thank you, Father, for giving us, giving us hope through Jesus Christ. I hope to one day have a body that's free of pain, that's free of disease, that's free of suffering. A body that will last forever, that will not wear out. We thank you, Father, for giving us comfort and hope to know that we will one day see those loved ones that have died. We will be reunited with them. And we thank, Father, for the great hope that one day we will be with you, our Lord, forever and ever. So until then, may we have the mindset of Paul to live as Christ and to die as gain. While we're alive, may we live for you, knowing that as soon as we take our last breath, we'll see you face to face. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.